0: Hello and welcome to the Aquarius Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Reed. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Awaza. And today my guest is also sponsored by Awaza, Mr. George Farmer. So, if you want to see the Biomaster in action, I will have links to George's YouTube channel in the show notes. Go and check it out. See what he's done to promote this product. So, you can see this thing working in a beautiful planet aquarium. What more can I say than check out this awesome German-designed, Italian-built piece of engineering of aquarium marvel in action. And it's in the hands of a great aquascaper. What more could you want? Now, on to the interview today's date is tuesday july 2nd 2019 my guest today is george farmer george is an internationally renowned aquascaper who travels all around sharing his passion he's also a long-term contributor to practical fish keeping magazine and is on their experts panel if you're into plants and googling information about them you're likely to have come across one or many of his articles so george welcome to the podcast
1: Thanks for having me, Randy.
0: Absolutely. And I finally, I'm like shaking my fist in the air, I finally got somebody from <laughs> England onto the podcast. And not just anybody from England, but I got George Farmer onto the podcast.
1: Uh, it's really cool to be here. Thanks for inviting me.
0: No, absolutely, man. And the fact that uh, I'm, I'm going to play on this English thing a little bit more, your accent already bumps your IQ up like 30 points. So <laughs> like everything you say, Americans and everybody else to be like, man, that's got to be, that's got to be truthful. It's coming from a guy with a British accent.
1: It's pretty funny you should say that. I get so much. Uh, I get quite a few trolls on my YouTube comments about my accent. <laughs> they say your accent's so stupid. <laughs> it? I, don't, I, I don't. I don't understand. Why can't you speak in an American accent? So like, well, I, one, I'm not from America, oh, uh, and no. two, yeah, two. I think my accent's okay.
0: <laughs> oh no, oh it's okay. So, so you, yeah. Now I feel embarrassed because you said they're Americans. I was hoping they're from somebody else in the world
1: maybe they, maybe they were. I, I think you know what I think um a lot of non native english speakers watch a uh, learning learn english from american tv so they understand american spoken english better than english speaking english if that makes sense
0: yeah no definitely um i will say though as a, as a kid growing up one of my favorite shows to watch was are you being served
1: oh wow yeah <laughs> no, very well yeah, grace, yeah.
0: grace brothers man i love that show and right now and right now people are like, geez, they have they're like two minutes into this and there hasn't been a single mention of fish. <laughs> that
1: was yeah, are you
0: are you being served? That's what the title of this episode is gonna be. George <laughs> Farmer on Are You Being Served? So, awesome. <laughs> so, so George, um, you know, you've got a, a very, you know, strong following, I would say in, in social media. Um, I, I don't have people on and, and talk specifically about YouTube very much, but, um, as of right now, I mean, you're, you're just about to crest on a hundred thousand subscribers was which, which for anybody, I mean, that's a huge accomplishment, so I'm sure that's going to happen here in the next, like, week or two or, or you know, whatever whenever that happens, but it's going to be very soon. Um, so, so congrats on that. Um, Thanks very much. Yeah, and kind of what I'm building towards is, you know, if somebody j- just got into the hobby now and they just dove into, you know, planted tanks and aquascaping, they're more than likely going to come across one of your videos and they're going to be like, man, this George Farmer guy is putting out these, you know, awesome aquascapes. Um, beautiful cinematography, videography, whatever you want to call it, um, and they might not get that backstory right they might not know like who george farmer is and i think that's that's one of the the challenges that i have with with social media and and once you start getting such a a large following is that people lose your backstory and one of the things that i strove for with this podcast and i continue to strive for is to to paint the picture of what that backstory is for people Uh, so for you like what are your earliest memories fish keeping because i i I have to imagine it's not you woke up one day at like six years old and you're banging out amazing nature aquariums.
1: (laughs) No, not quite, no. Um, I actually came to the hobby relatively late. Uh, I I think my first ever recollection of an aquarium was at primary school. I don't know what you guys call it over there, but I I think I was four or five years old um, and we had an aquarium in the reception of the school. And I remember Neon Tetras specifically because they were – I just remember them being these bright blue and and red and, you know, uh, iridescent colours. And then fast forward a few years, my uncle kept a tropical aquarium, fresh water, and I was obsessed with that. And then I didn't really have any interaction at all with aquariums until my first marriage. And actually my ex-wife said to me, oh, let's get an aquarium. So I was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. And... Then you know I've always been quite into nature, and I like I like the outdoors. I like forests, I like rivers and the sea. And I thought it'd be really cool to actually have something that's quite you know natural looking. So you know a a planted tank seemed you know logical. I wanted to go freshwater because I couldn't really afford marine back then. And yeah, quick quickly got into planted tanks and discovered. Quite soon after that, discovered the work of Takashi Amano. And, you know, this this was what really, this was like a, an epiphany. It, it really blew my mind, literally. And uh, this was the direction I knew I wanted to take my hobby. I became pretty obsessed pretty quickly by it and started searching all the forums. Um, looked up to Tom Barr, you know, uh, manically researched all of his articles, uh, EI, and yeah i just became super obsessed uh, about learning about not just like the art of aquascaping but uh, almost uh, the science as well so became a bit of a sponge and uh was reading practical fishkeeping we talked about this in the introduction but the um the interesting thing was i became a subscriber to pfk this was 2003 and the articles back then um, 're talking about how you know they they had planted tank and aquascoping articles in there, but they were they were really kind of conflicting a lot of the information was conflicting with what I was reading about from the likes of tom Barr and and these kind of uh, new methods of growing plants you know like adding nitrates and phosphates using c o two injection using high levels of circulation huge water changes all these things were you know massively in conflict which was you know, what was being written about in practical fish keeping. So I, I started keeping my aquarium in this in this way, it, the new way, if you like, with you know, EI, uh, estimates of index, you know, high levels of lighting, growing carpets of glossostigma, which no one could seem to do back then in the UK. And so I wrote, I actually wrote a letter in, into practical fish keeping, explaining, you know, really love your magazine, but I think some of your information is outdated. You know, I'm having great success using these methods. Here's a photo to prove it. And And they got back to me really quickly. And they said, oh, George, we love your tank. Can we come and, come and visit you? Can we come and do a reader visit? And this was like, this was fantastic for me. And you know, I was like, yes, I've made it. You know, I'm going to be in Practical Fishkeeping magazine. And um, I was super excited. Uh, but at the time, I was uh, in the Royal Air Force and I was at, about to be deployed uh, to the Falkland Islands. And I'd I stripped the tank down, uh, packed all my gear up uh, for four months, knowing that I wouldn't be able to maintain the tank, obviously, in my absence. So I wrote an email back, and uh, sorry, guys, uh, going away for four months. Uh, but, you know, I can write, uh, would you like me to write some articles for you on this new way of growing plants? Uh, and they were up for it. And, and this was This was really the game changer for me in terms of um, really uh, focusing on creating content back then, you know, of these new ways of growing plants, aquascaping, and this passion of mine, which was a a hobby, an all-encompassing hobby, but also a passion for me to share my hobby with others. Uh, And this is where it all began. So this is back in, well, this is now 2005, 2006, when I started writing. For, for, practical fishkeeping.
0: Oh, wow. Well, and, and, so, and so from once you got into the hobby, like you, you know, your, your, your wife at the time had said, let's get an aquarium. You start yeah. getting into nature aquariums. What's the, what's the duration that passes before you actually sent this letter to practical Fishkeeping and they were interested back in you?
1: Yeah, it was really quick. It was, so I bought my first tank in 2003 and then I think I sent that letter 2005. Wow. So so from zero to sort of PFK contributor in what two three years? Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's crazy, man. That that is definitely soaking <laughs> up information like a sponge for sure. <laughs> it is,
1: and I think it's it's interesting. And I think you can apply this to it to any kind of walk in life. If you if you're if you're so interested and passionate about something, you you, you can just take it all in, and you can just learn so quickly. And I, and I think actually it was an advantage to come into the hobby a little bit later into my adult life or, or a little bit later in general because I I was an open book to these new ways of working. You know, I, I wasn't, um, I didn't grow up with the kind of old school methodologies that I, I took as uh, verbatim and I took as, you know, uh, as the truth in inverted commas. I, I was open to these new kind of ways uh, you know, guys like Tom Barr were talking about, which were kind of, people were just, Thought, what adding nitrates and phosphates into your planted tank? That's crazy. That's just going to grow algae. But now we know that you know plants use these. So,
0: uh, so what were the tenets then of kind of the old guard, right? So we we, we know that with Tom Bar and kind of the new guard, the new tenants are, yeah. um, you know nitrates exactly. and, and all that.
1: Yeah. So the, the the kind of old school ways and the, and this and they still work. Let's let's just get that out there. There are so many ways to achieve success. You know the ways that I promote and Tom promotes, etc aren't the only way and the only way that work by any means there are many roads to success, but the kind of old school methods, as I like to to call it, are well the methods that I was kind of arguing against, if you like, they were saying, you know limit nitrates, you know even use nitrate removal resins, use phosphate remover, um, use make sure you use like really low Kelvin rating lights, you know mercury vapor lighting. Make sure you use under-soil heating. You know, use garden soil if you can, topped off with like a fine gravel. Um, you know, limit circulation. You know, have the tank's volume. So you've got a ten-gallon tank. You know, have have less than one times that tank's volume per hour turning over. You know, so if, if if you think of the absolute reverse to all of those, this is what the kind of the new guard is in these new methods. So, high levels of circulation, you know, no need for under-soil uh, heating, you know, a, a complete substrate rather than, you know, a, a garden substrate, you know, like a, a commercially prepared substrate, adding nitrates and phosphates, you know, dosing fertilizers every day. Uh, yeah, just...
0: And, and how contentious. Like, so you start writing these articles. Um, I, I would have to imagine that some of that old school, some of the, those contributors, I mean... <laughs> Like kind of kind of spell that out for me. Like how did that play out?
1: I got I got in loads of trouble. I got (laughs) I got law. I I even got a law. I even got a lawsuit against. Oh
0: my goodness! Serious. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah, So um, I I can't I can't tell you. I can't talk too much detail. But sure, it's past. But I had um, yeah. I had like I had a guy sort of employed a private investigator to find out where I lived, so he could send me. The papers to serve. Wow! Yeah. Be- because because I because the methods I was promoting uh, were in complete contrast to his methods, and in his words, I was discrediting him personally.
0: Wow! And and I and I would assume that that all resolved
1: in your favor. Yes. <laughs> wow. It, 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 he got the sack and I carried on writing for another 10 years plus <laughs> wow that is
0: crazy that is wow that's something yeah i'd never i'd never heard that before nor would i ever think that you know in this hobby you know somebody could take it to that level but you know we're we're all humans and we're all you know prone to to doing things that i don't even want to describe it but you, that's just crazy
1: yeah, and that's an exclusive for your podcast, so you're welcome.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you, George. Thank you. Uh, I mean, because it almost felt it almost sounds like what you're describing is um, I'm kind of putting the pieces together. Maybe some people have already kind of made this connection, but it feels like academia light. And what I mean by academia light is, and I love academics, is you know you do research, um, you you. Uh, consolidate and you you um, condense your findings and you put it into a paper and then you publish that paper and then your peers, yeah. you know, they they kind of do trial by fire and they test it, right, to see if they can get those same yeah. kind of results. And so kind of this 2005 into 2000 you know, 10, whatever it may be, yeah. It, it, it kind of feels like academia light where you're saying, hey, this is what me and these other people are doing. We're having this success. Um, and then there's kind of the old school. Maybe they're challenging. There's some back and forth and articles. And then ultimately, um, you know what not and like you said, there's success from both methods. But maybe what's easier, maybe what's more simple, maybe maybe what might provide different results that are more pleasing to people Uh, maybe that's kind of what is coming through to the forefront that you know now this is becoming kind of the standard and who knows maybe in 10 years somebody's going to write and be like george farmer you need to try this method and we'll all be like what is this about
1: exactly exactly and that's the great thing about this hobby it's always moving forward there's always developments and i think this is the danger with uh, i'm not i'm not pointing to any individuals but i think the the danger is if once you think you know it all, I think that's the time to stop because, you know, you know yourself, Randy, that the hobby is so complex and it's evolving all the time. And, you know, for me, that's the, the most beautiful thing about it, because, you know, I can, you know, I, I'm very active on, on various uh, forums, not so much forums anymore, but Facebook groups. And, you know, they're not equal, obviously, but there are some very good ones and there's some excellent contributors out there. And I will learn something new every day about uh, an aquarium plant, or an aquarium plant methodo- methodology, or uh, some sort of aquascaping technique. And for me, this is fantastic. And to the point where I've, I've I've set up aquascapes for retailers or private clients, you know, years ago, and they're now at the point where I would say. They have at least equal to or more knowledge than I do, and are a better aquascoper than I am. And actually, that for me, that that's like a tick in the box. That's like fantastic, you know. Uh, and, and and this is one of the the best things about the hobby for me because it is it is limitless. The potential to create, the potential to learn, it's is, it is just beyond comprehension. I'm, really,
0: I'm, I mean, it, it really is when you take. You know, just let's just look at fish and plants. I mean, when you just take the fish and plant combination that's out there, it's, um, you know, that's limitless. When you take hardscape, the types of wood, the types of rock, that's limitless. Um, You know, when you when you take an art like aquascaping and, you know, I'm very much going to frame it like it is it is subjective but it's absolutely an art and you see what guys like yourself and you know these other world class aquascapers how they use depth and shadows and you know visual yeah. tricks and it's just it's astounding it and I, and i feel like the amount of control that you would probably have more control if you were pushing paint around a canvas. And I don't mean to belittle that style of art than you would dealing with substrate and live plants and wood, you know, just the behavior of all that. And then making sure that when you fill that thing up with water, you're being as gingerly as possible.
1: Yes. Agreed. It's, um, it is a it is the ultimate three D art form because you know it, 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 you're sculpturing but it, it's evolving by itself because it's a living entity and and it's so complex you've got so many things going on uh, at, at once uh, at all different rates and it, yeah uh, the more you the more I think about it the more it, it infinitely crazy it is which is great you know and, and and I know that I'll never get bored of it and, that, and that's another beautiful aspect of aquascaping
0: yeah and I, I would challenge anybody out there that's not in the hobby or if you if you have friends that you're trying to get in the hobby um you've got family members if you take to, uh, one of the takashi amano books that are that's you know that um what's the word i'm looking for the coffee table esque kind of book that you always have yes. out because it's just beautifully illustrated if you hand yeah. that to just any random person on the street and say, "Hey, does this look appealing to you?" I mean, yeah. I would be so hard pressed for somebody to look at that and be, you like, know, nah, that doesn't look cool. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah,
1: and it I, is. it's 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 a universal language that most the vast majority of people will appreciate. Yeah. And and the great thing is they don't even know why because it connects with the soul, and you can't really or what it connects with something inside of you which goes beyond the normal physical realm I think and and it's to, i think it's all to do with this innate requirement for humans to connect with nature and i think that's where it it's a really a a really special art art form and a hobby because it really does it really does connect people and and it, it and it connects people on 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 so many different levels uh but yeah it's it's fantastic and you're right you you could you could show anyone a picture of an Amano acroscope and uh, I'd, I, yeah, I challenge anyone not to be impressed by it. You know, no matter what their level of experience is.
0: Yeah, and I, I would even say, you know, I, I think that not that not that your videos aren't something that any that somebody that is very experienced in the hobby couldn't watch, but I think the way that you present what you do, uh, how you frame things, how you how you carry yourself in your videos, and how you explain things, that is that is very. Um, I think you do an excellent job to make it an inviting experience for somebody new to the hobby. Uh, I mean, there's maybe two or three People that you know are producing YouTube content. That when I got back into it, I was watching their videos, and you were one of them. And the way that you approach things, it's like, man, this guy is super calming. He's got the British accent, check. Um, <laughs> he's not hitting me with you know all of these crazy video transitions, and it, you know it's all very logical. It's all very well explained. I have no idea what these scientific names are on the plants that he's talking about, cryptocorne and all that stuff. It's way over my head, but at the time though. I think it's exactly what I needed to see, you know, here's somebody that, you know, has passion, um, has skill and is breaking it down at a level where if I wanted to try to emulate that or take elements of what he's doing, I could do that and be successful. And so I would say, you know, well done, George, on that. And I would you know, continue to do that and bring that that style of video because it's going to help to bring more and more people into this hobby.
1: Well, first of all, thank you for that feedback. I'm very grateful to hear that. And. I, you know, my, my passion is my absolute passion, and my kind of life mission statement is to promote aquascaping and and, and make it more accessible to more people. Because I I fundamentally believe uh, that aquascaping can improve people's lives. You know, it is therapeutic. Uh, the whole the whole process is therapeutic. From you know having that empty tank to coming up with a plan to the physical planting of it to watching it grow, maintaining it, and then finally you know if, if, if you're into photography or filmmaking you can you know snap a picture or make a film and share it with the world and then you know it quite a romantic notion but it, it, it does help to make the world a better place it might be only a tiny tiny bit better but it, it is making a positive change in people's lives and you know youtube is a big passion of of mine now because for me it is the most effective vehicle to execute this mission of promoting aquascaping. You know, it's, it's a, for, for, for number one, it's free to use, which is fantastic. You know, YouTube, anyone can create a YouTube account and it it doesn't cost any money. And then, you know, that's, that's great. It's free online storage for one, you know, and then, you know, you have the opportunity to share your passion with the world and, it's it just makes sense for me to to make it accessible you know and and that's just me being genuine because i i I can't think of any other way to do it you know the reason i make the the videos in the way i do is because that's just just me and if anyone's seen any workshops that i do for real you know in live in front of people it's very similar um And, you know, the way I write for magazines and I'm writing my own book at the moment as well. It's all very practical, step by step, logical, because that's how that's how I that's how I learn. And that's hopefully how other people learn as well. No, that's awesome. So on the note of the book, uh, what's what's your kind of tentative release date right now? Um, It's supposed to be finished uh, to the and off to the publishers in October this year. So'm hoping for early two thousand and twenty release oh that's awesome yeah um I'm trying to write it I, I've, I've written a, I've, I've written a bit of it already and it's um it's exciting and it's i think i've i think i've i tried to work out how many words I've written on aquascaping since I started and I think it's over a million words Wow so when you try to kind of condense all of that into like forty thousand. So the, the the challenging thing was actually getting structure, you know, like a rough sort of you know structure to it. And once I've once I nailed that, it's actually not too hard to to fill it out. But it's kind of the tricky thing is trying to get all that, all, all, all what I think is the most important information across in those forty thousand words. That's the that's the challenge.
0: Who who would you say your audience is going to be for this book? The be the beginning aquascaper. Um, somebody, yeah. Okay
1: yeah it'll be it'll, it will hopefully appeal to all levels but uh a beginner to, beginner to intermediate uh this is the this fits in with my mission you know of promoting aquascaping um and you know the there's more people that aren't in that aren't into aquascaping that they're that you know the, the balance is massively in the favor of the beginners in terms of market and and for me to have this you know try to execute the mission of promoting it especially to new people uh you know it makes sense to go beginner um but hopefully it'll appeal you know to more experienced people as well there might be some sort of tricks and tips in there that a lot of people may not have thought about there'll be stuff in there that i haven't talked about in videos i, I want to keep some like real gems in there that i've, I've not made public yet no definitely so give gives people a um you know some motivation to buy the book.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm a uh, I'm a huge, huge book nerd. Um, you know, my my fish fish and plant uh, book collection is is definitely growing. And you know, this is one where you've got me excited. So, so 2020, um, I'll put my deposit down and I'll even pay that extra <laughs> freight to get it from the UK to me because I want a signed copy from you.
1: Of course, more yeah, well, than welcome. <laughs> Excellent.
0: Yeah, no, I, I absolutely love books, and I think that uh, I think there's there's just Like YouTube is great, forums are great, but there's something about when the when the when somebody's gone through the effort to actually publish content through. And I know Amazon does their print on order. I used to work for them, and I've seen these facilities where kind of anybody can make a book for the most part. But to actually go through publishing, to go through a publisher, like those are, you know, there's there there's barriers to entry there, right? And so you're not just gonna kind of slap something haphazardly. You're gonna put some serious effort and thought into it. And so to me, that makes it that much more special than just here's this dude's, you know, one page long post on a forum. Like they're they're just on completely different levels. Obviously you're going to pay for the book, but for the amount of effort that you're putting into it and then the retail price of the book, it's going to be like, that's just a good deal for the consumer, especially if you're into plants. And I would have to assume that there's probably going to be some pretty awesome pictures in this thing too.
1: I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's interesting that the actual, I, I think I can tell you this, the, it's going to be a nine by nine, inch as well so it's like a really cool book to open so when you open it up it's obviously a two by one ratio which works really well for like a full full tank shot Mm. and when it's closed it's the square so this this is really trendy at the moment the square you know obviously instagram squares and um yeah i'm really excited by it um I'm, i'm trying to get some exclusive content in terms of photography as well so I have my sort of home macroscope gallery running right now which is going to be used for a lot of the the kind of step-by-step uh tutorial kind of articles and there'll obviously be some some high-end photography from those as well so yeah. No,
0: that that's, that sounds great. I'm committed. Where do I uh where do I go to Kickstarter or uh plop some money down <laughs> at Barnes and Noble's or Amazon to to put my money down for this thing?
1: Um yeah, it's, I don't think it's available for pre-order yet. It's a public... <laughs> Yeah, the um the publisher Skyhorse, I think they're quite big. They're in New York. They've done I think eight thousand titles, so they're, they're quite a big oh, deal. Cool. With uh, they're good, uh, they've got a good uh, distribution network. So I'm sure you can find a copy yeah, <laughs> relatively no, easily when that, it comes
0: out. That's legit, man. Uh, and we'll definitely make sure that we. Uh, I'll keep the audience posted when when that is available because I do love uh, I do love promoting anything any book that's related to the hobby that's that's providing good information. So that's that's free publicity for me, my man.
1: Oh, thank you so much. So appreciate, I appreciate any uh yeah, uh, let's let's get those let's get of the book. You know, it's all about going back to the mission to promote aquascaping and a book is just another uh enabler to do that. Yeah. So it's all good.
0: Well, I mean we you know, we're focusing so much on the design, the aesthetics, but you know, having having these planted tanks is is really setting you up to also be a better fish keeper as well. I mean, it's going to really help you, um, you know, keeping healthier stock stock. That's less stressed out. I mean, even if you're taking plants from Southeast Asia and you're putting them with fish from the Amazon basin, like that's, they'll still thrive in there. And so, you know, Uh. so much focus on plants and design, but you know, fish, a lot of fish love an aquascape tank i mean the tanks that i have that are heavily planted i mean the the fish are just constant like these rainbow fish are just flashing color and i'm pretty sure there's yeah. no java fern or a where that where those guys come from that are in this tank but they love it though <laughs> yeah. you know
1: absolutely i mean the the, the benefits of, of an aquarium plant are, are just absolutely huge for the listeners that don't know You know that a plant produces oxygen. It uses up harmful nutrients such as ammonia. uh, It provides shelter and security. It, you know, it it helps. You know, in a healthy planted aquarium, it helps to prevent algae or algae, as you guys say. Uh, You know, there's so many benefits to a planted aquarium. It's almost nonsensical not to have plants in your aquarium, even if. You know, even if you have herbivorous fish, you can still get away with like anubias or Java ferns or floating plants. You know, there's there's really almost no excuse not to have an aquarium plant in your tank, and you know, the more plants, the better as well, because it just creates more benefits, more oxygen, more nutrient removal, more yeah. Just, yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. In as in as much as I hate the duckweed explosions, you know they. They're they're a, they're a great suck for all of the all the nasty things in your tank. You know, they're that yeah. uh, they're that floating plant that that can uh, pull the carbon dioxide from the air and really give them that yeah. boost. Which is why once you get freaking one duckweed, those things go crazy.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. It, is, it, is, it can be a menace. I, yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> I, sh- I, sh- I shared this anecdote before that, um, anecdote, I should say. I think I said antidote. So I shared this anecdote before <laughs> um, where when I first got back into the hobby and I remember somebody talking about duckweed and how, oh, man, like, you know, I, I don't want any duckweed, yada, yada, yada. And I was getting into planted tanks and I'm like, I would take some duckweed. I just want to grow anything. And I swear to God, man, I've been trying to get rid of that duckweed, you know, and it it hops from tank to tank. You know, I need to to do full on sterilization process of nets and just, I mean, this duckweed, like I I don't think I can ever shake it. It's going to be in one tank or another for just the end of time or until I get, I think even if I got out of the hobby, it would still somehow show up, you you know, I I would just open up my toilet lid and there's like the one piece of duckweed because you would always, you know, you dump your duckweed in the toilet, which... Apparently, I should feed it to my chickens that it's nutris- nutritious for them, so I need to start doing that. Ah,
1: there you go. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's, that's a top yeah. tip. How many
0: tanks do you have? Ah, okay. So, in this little recording room, I've got two. I've got a 75 and a 40, and those are going to be your my heavily, heavily planted kind of display tanks. And then I okay. built out a, it's, it's like an 11 foot by 14, 13 foot room, insulated room in my garage, which ah. I think, you guys call the garage something different, right? Like a... What do you call your garage?
1: Were we you... call it a garage. I thought you called a, yeah. a, a carriage, or yeah. is it a, you, you get, it a garage? You call it garage. We, we spell it a garage. Yeah, yeah, garage. Oh, yeah. okay. I
0: thought I thought there was another uh, there was another more British term for garage, but okay.
1: Uh, no, yeah, uh, garage. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so in, in so this is in my garage, and then in there I have. Uh, I think it's about 30 tanks right now that range from 10s up to 40 breeders. And I'm actually taking out um, the West Wall um, has a 215-gallon. That's actually completely coming out, and I'm going to put another rack in there. And that's going to be another three-tier rack that's going to add one, let's see here, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So I'll be adding 11 more tanks. So, So pushing 40, 42 tanks in the fish room.
1: Wow, that's a lot of work.
0: <laughs> well it, it is one thing that really makes it uh, possible is the the auto water change system I, I, I've talked about it numerous times before but with, uh, with nice. where I am professionally with where I am with family life having a toddler and a two-month old if I didn't wow. have auto water changes in there it would just be like it it'd be turn the lights off on the hobby have one or two yeah. kind of bigger display tanks and that's about it but yeah. you know um, having the having those 20% auto water changes every single day just going through an overflow flow, draining out of the house, um, that, that really makes it all possible. But at the same time with the auto water change, you know, most of my tanks will still have pothos in there, uh, which yeah. I, I struggled a couple episodes ago or was it last episode with remembering the word freaking pothos that drove me crazy. <laughs> like I'm a mid interview and I couldn't think of the name pothos. It was nuts. Wow. Um, <laughs> and then also some, some planted crips and, you know, anubius tied to stuff. Uh, okay. and then also a uh, hornwort. I like to, I like to put hornwort in tanks. Um, yeah. Yeah. why not? So, yeah. yeah. So even though I'm doing those water changes, I mean, there's still those benefits of having the plants, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, trying to breed fish. So it's places for fry to hide for them to yeah. eat the little microorganisms and, you know, just yeah. all those benefits that come with having plants in your aquarium.
1: Absolutely. The power of plants. I can't
0: deny it. Yeah, most definitely. So, so George, let's start leveraging on this travel that you've done. You're like international aquascaping man of mystery. I, you know, I've, I've seen you, uh, I've seen you in New Jersey, like in person. I've, you know, we've, we've, we've talked in New Jersey. We've talked in Orlando, Florida more recently. Um, I see your posts and you're like in Budapest, Hungary, or you're all over the place, man. So what's, what's some of the most recent travel you've done?
1: Uh, last week I was in Denmark, yeah, uh, with Tropica, Tropica Aquarium Plants, uh, that's their, their headquarters. So uh, I do a lot of work with those guys, helping out with uh, some video production and, and marketing, etc. And the week before that, I was in Germany, uh, in Hamburg. Uh, we escaped a 7,500 gallon wow. uh, plant planted tank for a zoo uh, which was pretty insane. Uh, before that I was in, uh, Madrid quite recently. I did a workshop, uh, in, in Madrid for a, for a beautiful aquascaping store. And yeah, I've, this year I've done, yeah, lo- lots of places to, yeah, too many to list. <laughs> but, um,
0: have you done any, uh, have you gone to Asia yet? Anything there?
1: No, do you know what? That's the only place I've not done. I I, have, I was invited to China um, very recently, actually. There's a they do a big aquascaping contest and a big show over there. Uh, but I'm actually the week that it's running is is when I'm actually getting married to to my oh, new wife. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I uh, can't, can't really. <laughs> so you're
0: talking about, you're talking about sips, right? Yes. Yeah, so yes. so I'll be there. Yeah. Uh, Corey and I will be going to Sip, so that's a uh, you know, it, it, given yeah. the two getting married or going to a, an aquascaping event. I mean, obviously <laughs> you're you're choosing the one that's going to keep you uh, from getting in trouble, but uh <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, maybe the maybe the oh, uh,
1: I'm sure I'll be going at some point. Um uh, yeah. Uh I'd also love to go to Japan, uh, obviously with the the home of uh, the late great Takashi Morino with the Nature Aquarium Gallery there. And also their their general kind of um, you know their koi industry and they just uh, and the whole culture absolutely fascinates me. I'd love to go to Japan.
0: I mean, the, yeah, I, I'm completely with you. Um, I actually even pitched the idea of working two years uh, for Amazon in Tokyo. I'm like, hey, there's this position oh, wow. that's kind of you know that's pretty much on par with what I'm doing now. We could do it in Tokyo yeah. for a couple of years. And at the time, my my oldest he was like six months. And she's like, no, (laughs) I'm like, come on, this would be such a great experience, but that would have been super cool. So I'm, I'm enthralled also with wanting to go to Asia. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's China, it's Japan, um, I'm half Korean, so going to South Korea and seeing what their fish scene looks like. Indonesia, Malaysia, I mean, yeah, all of these. I mean yeah. Singapore. I mean all of these. Even the like the Philippines. Uh, you know, there's yeah. there's going to check out like the actual fish breeders, and then there's going like collecting in the wild in Borneo and just all of these.
1: Ah. Uh. It, yeah. It's
0: just, yeah, I mean, we're not yeah. even, like, we've never even been to the continent, but there's just, there's years and years and years of exploration before you can say, you know, check that box and say, yep, I've done all Asia
1: now, I'm, I'm good. Oh, yeah, there's so much out there, and I think it's just, it just blew my mind, I think I can just imagine it now, it's just to take it, take it to another level going out there. Yeah, and then Definitely. when you
0: watch the food travel shows, the food looks amazing, the street oh. food,
1: oh, my goodness. yeah so so vibrant and uh yeah yeah it's just definitely on my to-do list uh and I, i'm sure i'll be going uh next year at some point um yeah uh to japan at, at, at least and then hopefully yeah hopefully to china i'd, I'd love to do indonesia uh, yeah, borneo and there's there's opportunities as well to do sort of expeditions and things like this yeah to do some world collecting i think that'd be absolutely fantastic do, um do you ever one, one of the Sorry, no, no, you go. Uh, One of the coolest things I did actually on a a relatively recent trip is, in fact, on the same trip that we met in Orlando, Um, me and Chris Lukep went on a an expedition to Rainbow Springs in Florida. Um, Did some uh, took a little boat out and then did some diving, some scuba diving along the river, Uh, and it was just so many cool aquatic plants like Ludwigia and Sagittaria those are cool little fish um i did a vlog on it for the channel it's, it's awesome chris is such a cool guy as well i don't know if you've met chris yeah chris luke luke, luke yeah, yeah. He, he is a, yeah, a yeah.
0: i mean he's a literally former rock star a literal former rock yeah. star yeah uh, traveled good, the world yeah. you know playing playing yeah. bass for like a german rock band and now he's yeah. you know publishing papers and describing and naming species of crayfish and it's yeah. it, it, he. That guy is that guy is crazy in an awesome way. Um, super oh, yeah. super cool guy. Yeah, very very. And even with all of that, incredibly humble guy. Incredibly humble. Yes.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. He's a really really cool guy. And very real deep character as well. We spent three hours in a car together, and we just went down the rabbit hole chatting <laughs> about all sorts of stuff. I'm sure you can imagine. Yeah,
0: yeah. definitely. Uh, it, so, is Blue Springs? Is it really that clear?
1: yeah it's insane wow yeah and um i was lucky because we we went to the the rainbow the rainbow springs and then chris went on his own the next day to some springs that he visited on previous years and apparently it was really bad like loads of algae everywhere oh. and polluted and stuff so he was really upset actually because it obviously you know the environmental uh Strains that have been placed upon these these natural systems is uh, is a real shame, um, but yeah, a real cool guy, and uh, yeah, I'd love to go exploring uh, with him, um, maybe a bit further afield. As well, so, yeah. they're nice.
0: I think us Americans we we tend to forget that, and I actually didn't realize this to a ex- certain extent. But uh, the the col- the fish collecting that we can do um, between Florida, between Texas, uh, between the southern yeah. states like Alabama, the the native killifish that we have, the the fungilus genus, there's a yeah. decent amount of of kind of aquarium uh, fish collecting yeah. that we can do here. And then you know depending on where you are, some of the darter species that we have that are just absolutely gorgeous fish. And, you know, you think of collecting and we we automatically assume, you know, South America, um, Southeast Asia, uh, you know, maybe some people think India, I don't know, um, Africa for sure, Rift Lakes, but you know yes. you can you can hop on one of our domestic airlines for I don't know less than two hundred dollars round trip if you're getting it at the right time and you can go out and yeah. you can go collecting wild fish and you don't have to bring them back you can just collect and and put them back and you know obviously yeah. follow your local or the state uh, department of wildlife <laughs> guidelines and rules and regulations and all that stuff but um, yeah I mean you 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 had a chance to uh to to you know go into go in Florida and. Thankfully, you didn't get eaten by an invasive uh, python or an alligator.
1: Yeah, I mean, Chris was quite. He, he doesn't really care. I think <laughs> And I'm like, "On the alligator's in here," and he's like, "Yes, hopefully we'll get to see some." And I'm like, "Yeah, but I'm I'm actually in the water now, and I can't outswim an alligator." And he's Dude, like, "No, don't worry about it." You're
0: you're you're just with me, man. I was the whole time we're in Orlando. Every body of water, regardless of how small it is, in my head, I'm like, "There's an alligator in there." there is for sure an alligator and what was funny cory and i and um and ryan from wild fish tanks youtube channel we went out wild fish collecting kind of impromptu and yeah. people were like oh you shouldn't be so concerned about the alligators as you should, what is it—the water moccasins or the mouths, or just some nasty poisonous snake that they have there? I'm like, oh, wow. well, I guess uh, I guess there were two nasty things I should have been watching out for. Yeah, that.
1: sometimes it's best not to know, I guess. Oh, totally, <laughs>
0: yeah. And like Corey is just fearless, man. He's just tromping through the swamp, looking, you know, he's he's overturning <laughs> all of these, you know, the sticks and floating logs and patches of leaf litter with his hands, and dude's fearless, and I'm like, man this guy's going to get bitten. He's going to get eaten. I'm going to be out of a job. My boss is going to get eaten by an alligator. This is going to suck. But obviously that didn't happen. So we were we were okay. But those freaking things are in the water, though, for sure.
1: That's crazy. So yeah, we're, we're not so lucky in the UK. We don't have any decent – it's all cold. It's so cold here, so we don't get any tropical stuff here at all. It's pretty far and few between. Uh, is yeah. is there any native
0: like smaller native fish that people like shinery kind of fish? I guess.
1: Yeah, we have like uh, sticklebacks. Have you heard of these?
0: I've, I've definitely heard of the name. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they they tend to thrive in ca- in cooler water, so uh, you probably need a chiller uh, in the aquarium in a in a you know in a normal central heated home. Um, there are other there are other species, but uh, the name forgets me. There are a couple of aquatic plant species that you can grow as well, like key. Hornworts as well, which you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, and then there's like the invasive stuff. You know, like agiria and things like this, but no, nothing too, nothing too fancy. Mm.
0: So, so back to your international travel. What's been something? I guess um, since you started this, like, what's been the most mind blowing experience that you know you were just, you were just floored?
1: Oh wow, well, that's that's quite easy. Um, uh, Florastas of Nursas, which was Takashi Amano's final uh work which he created for the oceanarium in lisbon in portugal so the, the world's largest nature aquarium so it's 40 meters long so what's that 120 feet jeez uh, but it's um it's like a u shape but in, in a square formation so you've got two sides and then one sort of you know one thing going straight straight along so you walk in and you're completely encapsulated by 120 feet of of aquarium and I think it's uh forty thousand gallons. Um and it's just Taxiomano's best ever work, but absolutely massive. And um it was created I think it's four years ago now. Uh, and he he passed away in, in August two thousand and fifteen. And it opened yeah, I can't remember the exact day it opened, but when I when I got there it was over three years old and um it 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 was just I never the, the first thing is I never got to meet Takashi Amano, which is one of my life's biggest regrets, because he's the reason I'm here doing this hobby and, and now I've got a career in it. So, you know, this guy has been more than an influence in my life. Uh so I never got to meet him, which is very sad. And but to see, to see his final work still in all its glory, uh, you know, I don't mind admitting I actually cried, you know, I walked in there, the music's so powerful. It's, it was such an emotional experience. I was with Emma, my fiance at the time and I just, you know, I just wept, uh, just because it was, it was just so overwhelmingly beautiful. And it, it was just, yeah, it was just amazing. I can't really put it into words.
0: Yeah, I, I, um, I, I get the, uh, I get the feeling that this is going to be one of those experiences in life uh, that you know, no, no photo, no video is going to capture the enormity and the power yeah. of this of this display. And I mean, maybe "display" is too weak of a word to describe it, but this creation. Yeah. Um, that, you know, you just have to go there in person and it's almost, you know, it's, it, I guess as an aquarist, as a, as a planted tank enthusiast or a planted tank appreciator, uh, like this is a bucket list thing, right? Like this is just a bucket list you know you have to go to lisbon uh, thankfully for me my wife has family in lisbon uh, wow. Benfica, yeah. one of the local soccer teams or they're they're you know in their premier league yeah. basically they play there they're from be- they're from lisbon so i've got numerous reasons that are drawing me to lisbon that more than likely i would say within a decade um and, and ho- man i hope i hope this thing is still up and running cuz uh talking to my- yeah
1: i mean it is uh, it was planned to be a temporary exhibit uh but they they're basically going to keep it going, and hopefully going to keep it going uh, for as long as possible. But it's it's fascinating because they have they have two permanent men, members of staff from ADA Amano's uh, T- uh, company Aqua Designer Amano. Uh, they have two Japanese guys there full time on a three month rota, and they maintain the aquarium every evening. Uh, I think wow. for four hour for four hours every evening, and. On a Sunday, all day Sunday, and then do this for three months, and then there's another two guys that come over and do it for three months, and then the the guys fly back and they just swap over every three months. Do you know
0: some of the specs as far as like the backstory? How long um, it took Amano to to create this uh, this this masterpiece, and maybe what was his inspiration (laughs) for it?
1: I don't I don't know fine details. I know that they employed I think about forty aquascapers to help out a mixture of european guys and guys from ada japan uh quite a few of my sort of aquascaping friends european friends were involved with the project uh there's some crazy stats you know like x amount of tons of hardscape and aquasoil, and you know obviously thousands and thousands of pots of plants uh the, the, the specs are out there um it might be worth you doing a separate interview to be honest on like the uh, in, in, interview, like Uri's, you know, Uri's Mick JS, mm-hmm, uh, yeah. German, he, he would probably be happy to give you a full interview just on that. I mean, that'd be fascinating for the listeners. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, um, just, but,
0: just however they, however he figured out, however they figured out flow and you know, how much yeah. CO2 they're probably going through in that thing. Like it just, it just seems oh, incredible.
1: Crazy. Yeah. It's just, and, 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 the, and the, i think the most the most impressive thing is the size but the yeah but the technicality of how they keep it algae free the water's crystal clear the plants are just so healthy and because they're they're in such a large aquarium they they grow to their you know their potential which you realize in your little aquarium at home you're it, it almost sort of suffocating these plants you get to see them you know in all their glory the fish are obviously growing to their maximum potential and it really makes you realize that you know the power of nature i think that's it's just it's just so powerful the the whole the whole experience you know visually uh spiritually it was just yeah just absolutely even even my fiance he's she she's, she likes aquascapes, and thankfully, <laughs> because of you know always talking about it and doing it, um, you know. But it it moved her as well, you know. Uh, and you could see the other visitors who probably were, had very little experience of aquascapes, if any, were all awestruck. You know, wow. they just literally people just stand standing there with their jaws wide open, just like, what the hell is this? This is just another level of of nature.
0: Well, I mean, this is, so this is like the second time now that as you've been talking about it, I'm just looking at the waveform of, of our audio, our conversation, but just trying to envision myself there. Like I'm just getting goosebumps from how you're describing this thing. And it's just, you know, it's, it's notching itself up. It's moving up on my bucket list. Um, I've, I've talked, you know, to so many guests now and I've always, one of the things I always bring up is going collecting in the wild. And so I've actually, I'll be going down to Peru in August. Uh, so like in a month ago, collecting down there. But now, yeah. like it was always kind of there, like going out and to check this thing out whenever I go to Lisbon. But now it's almost like I need to make sure that I'm in tune with the news on this thing. So if they're ever planning mm. to decommission it, I need to hop on like the next flight to Lisbon to experience yeah, this to go, thing.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely, and I'd encourage any of your listeners if they if they can if they can get there if it's in their budget or even if it's there, not, it's just if you if you're in if, if you're interested in aquariums or nature or or life <laughs> if you're interested in life then you need to see this thing because it is just yeah I, I was a bit worried that it had been hyped up so much i'd seen videos of it i'd heard interviews you know seen magazine articles and i was worried that it would disappoint because it had been hyped up so much, uh, but it didn't at all. And it's it's so moving. It, the, the music that's playing in the background was written specifically by I can't remember the the composer's name, but a world famous composer was commissioned to write write this piece of music, a uh, piece of classical music, purely for the exhibit. Wow. And it, and it, it plays it plays on a loop, and it, and it's just so moving. It has uh, Amano's sort of you know life story as you walk in. On these on these big sort of posters, illuminated posters, so you can read some background, and yeah, it's just it's just really powerful, and it, it just sums up um, for me. It kind of summed up what what he did uh, for the hobby, uh, and for me personally, you know, he introduced me to aquascaping, uh, which has changed my life infinitely for the better. You know, I used to be in in the military. I was I did bomb disposal. You know, I was involved with you know, lots of horrible kind of events and experienced traumatic things. And, you know, aquascaping was a hobby, which was great because it kind of, you know, helped helped me relax from these things. And then when I decided to take, you know, aquascaping into a full-time career, it was only because Amano gave me this direction that, I knew I wanted to take with with aquascaping, you know, this nature aquarium, and filled me with enough passion to be able to want to communicate this passion to other people. So, as far as I'm concerned, you know, he he is the the fundamental reason that I do what I do now, and and to see his his last ever creation, you know, and that was why I think it was so powerful to see it. You know, it was, yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that all just you know what what you just said makes it brings things into so much more clarity of why aquascaping is so much more passionate or so passionate to you um you know your experience in in your military service and um you know the the calming effects like and one of the one of the the things i need to do is have an actual psychologist on the show that's done you know documented research on calming effects of aquariums and various Mm -hmm. other things to talk about that but to hear it firsthand from yourself and it really being this driving force to get into the hobby, and you seeing the benefit to your life for it, um, and knowing that you know other people can have that same calming effect in our in our digital bombardment, you know, constantly clickbaity news yes. headliney story. I mean, to be able yeah, to immerse absolutely. yourself in that and just to calm and to take a breath and you know just just relax. Um, and, yes. and and enjoy this piece of you know we maybe quasi nature but you know nature nonetheless in your home um or mm. wherever you are i mean that's just such a such a powerful thing
1: absolutely and you know i the, the older i get and the kind of more the more i realize that you know we need to take a break you know from yeah from this digital consumerist sort of age you know and aquascaping is It's another form of mindfulness, you know, because what, what it, well, even if, even the act of maintaining an aquarium, you know, it's mindfulness because you're just focusing on that one task and, you know, if you're focusing on it and you're concentrating on it enough, then your mind isn't full of all this other, you know, crap that's going on, you know, and, and this is really important for humans because, you know, we're, we're not designed to, to listen to all these horror stories that are going on around the world all the time. And, you know, we're, we're designed, I, I personally believe we, you know, we, we, we come from like this, you know, caveman times where we, we lived amongst nature and we we had to hunt gatherer a thing and a foraging thing. And, you know, hum- modern humans now are so, far removed from, from the original human, you know, that in some strange way, I guess, this, the act of aquascaping or just the, the act of, you know, maintaining the aquarium, planting an aquarium or sitting and just enjoying an aquarium, it somehow reconnects you to this, to this kind of ancient human and this, this, this desire, this human need to be connected with nature.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, totally. We're, we're interacting with life and I agree with you a hundred percent on this, that, you know, the, for all of the benefits and all of the convenience and, you know, just how, how much more efficient our lives can be with technology. You know, we need to set time in our day to not be efficient and to not be efficient, and to deal with nature, and to interact with nature. Um, And, you know, it's it's such, it always brings a smile to my face. My son goes in the fish room, he lifts up the little lids, and he says hi to the fishies. You know, he says, hi, fishies, hi, fishies. And he's, he's being like, he's two years old and he knows plecos. He actually goes and gets the frozen cubes of rapashi from the (laughs) freezer and he plops (laughs) and he knows which tanks to put it in. He knows, he knows angelfish by name. He knows guppies by name. Like, you know, these, these living little organisms that we're doing our best to give them, you know, good environments to live in in and in our fish room. And then in this display room, like that's such, that's such a reassuring thing for me that he's being exposed to that and that, you know, it, we're spending 30 minutes doing that or however long it is. And that's not 30 minutes of him having screen time where he's engaging with this digital device. Now, you know, having a two, having a two month old at the same time, the digital device <laughs> can be a lifesaver at times, right? Like don't, don't get me wrong, but there's, there's that balance and there's, you know, you, you've almost, um, you, you got to turn off the, the, the streaming TV. You've got to know that you don't have to binge watch every single episode and that there's more to life and there's, um, and actually, you know, I'll go off on a little tangent. I think one of the best things I've seen out of social media and posting and kind of the viral crazes is where mm. when people go out to somewhere in nature that's just been crapped on by people and they clean it up. Right. So when people like yeah. they'll go to a park or they'll go to a beach where people are just leaving beer bottles and plastic crap all over the place and yeah. they take a before and after picture and the kids like the teenagers you know the young adults they're just cheesing it up they've got big old hefty bags full of garbage Now hopefully it's not all staged hopefully it's all legit and they went out there and actually just cleaned up a dirty <laughs> thing right yeah. but that to me that's like one of the few kernels where I'm like man like if this could really catch on, like that seems so awesome. If people were just going outside, first off, you're going outside, so you're serving yourself, and secondly, yeah. you're, you're serving your community and you're serving nature, right? So there's you're your, you know you're terrible terrible uh, saying, but you're killing like three birds with one stone with this
1: act. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I mean, yeah, aquascaping is yeah, just it's just so therapeutic and and valuable Uh, and I think the more people that are exposed to it absolutely the better you know but the better for for the person that's doing it and the better for the people that are enjoying it as well you know if you have a nice aquascape and people come to your home you know I've had lots of people get inspired by the aquascapes in my place you know um, and yeah Generally, believe it enriches people's lives.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Now, uh, I'll preface this next question, um, and I think we'll 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 conclude with this because I've I've taken up about an hour of your time, and you're eight hours ahead of me, so (laughs) it's getting late over in England. Um, You know, we we we've kind of built the profile of who who George is, and the amount of work that you've put into this hobby. You know, doing the the research that you've done, the testing, and seeing success, writing articles, writing a book producing video content, sharing your you po- sharing your passion. Does it, you know, does it ever feel surreal? Do you ever look back and like, what would George, you know, in 2002 think of George in 2019 and the path that you've gone down?
1: Wow. That's, that's a really good question. Um, I'd, I'd be very, very surprised uh, in a good way. I think to, to know that I've, being able to turn uh, a hobby, s- stroke obsession, passion in, in, into a full-time career, and that's not only made me happy, but made made other people happy, uh, and provided you know security and uh, you know to my family, and enabled me to to, to live a life. That I feel has real purpose now so if I think back to where I was in 2002 I was you know about uh, just about just getting married to my first wife in the Royal Air Force and if I'm honest with myself back then I didn't really know what I wanted out of life Uh, I just felt you know I was just kind of expected to live this certain life and you know do this do that you know work monday to friday have the weekend off to buy stuff to impress the friends that you don't really like and 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 this treadmill of modern kind of expected life uh it was pretty mundane and and didn't really make me happy i didn't know it at the time because i didn't know what what i wanted uh but i think through discovering something i'm so passionate about with with aquascaping and then turning that passion into a semi-professional career with just the like the freelance writing whilst I was in the Air Force and then making that transition from that semi-professional into full-time professional to where I am now as as uh, someone that's very fortunate to be in a position where I do like do the traveling um you know do the video creating and the writing and and the influencing I don't know massive word of the fan influencing, but I think it, I think it's fairly relevant. Um, yeah, it, I would be, I think I'd be quite, quite proud of actually being able to achieve what what I have, uh, what I have done. Um, but it's been a, it's been a journey and it's not been, it has been a lot of challenges along the way, you know, um, for for every, you know, great Instagram and Facebook post and video post, you know, there's been a a lot of hardship and, you know, literally blood, sweat and tears that have gone in, you know, behind the scenes to to create this. So, you know, I don't want people to think, Oh, George has just, you know, made it, made it, uh, and made it look really easy. You know, you know, I suffer from, uh post traumatic stress disorder you know i have uh, anxiety and i did have depression that, that's that's all kind of okay but um yeah i i i'm very i'm very very grateful to do what i do right now yeah. and yeah. Uh, um, you know and, and just just chatting to you randy it's really you know made me realize how how lucky and and to have this opportunity and, and how grateful I am to, you know, make, make a, make a a happy life out of something that I, I love doing. Yeah,
0: no, I yeah. think, I, I think that's, you know, very, very well, well said, um, you know, you, the, the hard work, the determination, the long hours, the effort that's been put forth. I mean, these are all, these are all fruits that you should be able to, to experience. And the fact that you can, You know, pivot, do the travel, enjoy what you're doing. And, and, you know, for those that don't do a lot of traveling for work, I I did two years of, of, you know, two or three times a month traveling. It can be fun when you get to your destination but you know, traveling sucks. <laughs> like, traveling can take, it can take like spending a lot of time at the airport. It's dealing with rental cars, all of this stuff, you know, it's, yeah. it, it taxes. And so, you know, it's, it's good with the bad and you know, everything that, that you're experiencing now, I, I fully believe is because of the hard work and dedication that you've put into it. Um, and that if somebody is as equally as passionate about any of their hobbies and pursuits and interests, if they took that same energy, right, that same energy and, mm dedication that you put in or anybody that, you know, rises to the top of their profession or their field or their interest, you would be successful. They would be successful in those pursuits and interests, but the difference is that some of us we just, you know, myself included, at times I just kind of throw in the towel and I don't um, you know, I don't I don't put my full my full into it. But so all that to say You know, good on you. If people are going to throw shade, then, you know, that's that's on them. But from my perspective, from everything that I've seen, you know, this is all this is all good stuff. It's all well and deserved. And I hope you continue to travel and continue to spread uh, the positive works and the positive um, influence that you're doing.
1: Thanks, Randy. Appreciate it.
0: All right, George. Like I said, I've taken up way too much of your time this evening, but this has been a fantastic conversation. Um, I'm I'm so glad that we had a chance to connect, and I hope everybody out there listening enjoyed it as well. So, George, thank you very much.
1: Oh, thank you, Randy. Uh, you take care, mate.